When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast. Today is my last episode before I go on sabbatical. Uh, sabbatical is a thing that clergy here do every seven years. For me, it's eight and a half years of service as we couldn't find a good time last year for a sabbatical and couldn't find a good time this year either, but I'm going anyway. Um, one of the ways we stay a long time as clergy in our calls in one place, um, and I hope to stay in my church for another 20 plus years, uh, mandatory retirement at 72. So I've got another another 23 left in me or so um, is to take a break where you take a real break. Like this break, I've got to really trust God. I've got to trust God for this church. Um, and I know that I can and I will. And I know that God is trustworthy. And I know that the people in this church are trustworthy to continue to care for each other and to worship God together. And that makes me really happy because that's something that we all did together. And that makes me really happy. But here's my final little talk to them. Uh, I preached about some of this stuff on Sunday at church, but um, here in the final morning prayer, I am offering this to you as well. I will be posting some Dear Padre content along the way, I hope. So stay tuned. It'll probably be related to the two books that I'm working on. If you'd like to read about my sabbatical, I wrote a letter on our website, www.stjones, all one word, .org, and there's a tab for Vickers sabbatical there. Thank you. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Since much time had been lost and sailing was now dangerous because even the fast had already gone by, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I can see that the voyage will be with danger and much heavy loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Since the harbor was not suitable for spending the winter, the majority was in favor of putting to sea from there, on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, where they could spend the winter. It was a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, when a moderate south wind began to blow. They thought they could achieve their purpose, so they weighed anchor and began to sail past Crete, close to the shore, but soon a violent wind, called a nor'easter, rushed down from Crete. Since the ship was caught and could not be turned head-on into the wind, we gave way to it and were driven by running under the lee of a small island called Kaudo, we scarcely were able to get the ship's boat under control. After hoisting it up, they took measures to undergird the ship, tying ropes around the ship. Then, fearing that they would run on the citrus, they lowered the sea anchor and so were driven. We were being pounded by the storm so violently that on the next day, they began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, with their own hands, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. 
when neither sun or stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest rage, all hope of our being saved, was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul then stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me, and not have set sail from Crete, and thereby avoided this damage and loss. I urge you now to keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For last night there stood by me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before the emperor, Caesar. And indeed, God has granted safety to all those who are sailing with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we will have to run aground on some island. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This adventure story on the high seas has so much in it. I think it was about last January, the church planters had a retreat at Camp Allen, where we have all our retreats. And the leader of all of our church plants, um, the Reverend Leslie Stewart, a former fighter pilot and church planter who leads all the church plants um, through the stormy waters that we navigate, uh, read from this text. This was the appointed reading for that day. And as she shared some of her reflections of church planting, and what we've gone through in the pandemic and all the other things, she said that sometimes in the storm, you have to wrap the, the cables around the ship so it doesn't break apart, as the boat that Paul is on had to do. The very wood of the ship was leaking and cracking and about to just become a pile of splinters floating on the raging sea. And so they used the cables to hold it together. The church is a ship. The metaphor of the ship, the Ark of Noah, is one that has always been with us. Even the name of our building, the nave, a word attached to naval, Um, a nautical term for a ship upside down that towers over us as the roof does. As many churches were built by shipbuilders with those large beams and working together to keep the water out from the top, just as a ship keeps the water out from the bottom. But the idea of a ship being the church, uh, one that is held together sometimes by cables, a ship where things have to be thrown overboard, a ship where there is advice given that is not always followed, and then all sorts of things that come at us. And in that storm, while all that is happening, day after day, it goes on for several days, 
an angel comes to Paul and says, you're going to stand before Caesar. The thing that God promised that you will do will happen. Um, Even if this ship doesn't hold together, even if the advice is not followed, even if there's a lot of stuff being thrown overboard, um, no matter what, that God's promise will always be fulfilled. And that is true for our church plant. Honestly, leaving for a couple weeks here is one of the hardest things I've done in this church plant. You know, it's been wonderful planting a church. It's been, been difficult on some scale. It's funny how often other clergy will talk to me about church planting. They'll say things like, oh, I've always wanted to plant a church, but I never would. And I always say, why? Well, you know, <laughs> what if it doesn't work? You know, <laughs> what if, and it's always funny to me, like, yeah, you can't really think about that that much because um, it's hard to do stuff when you, when you wonder if the ship is going to break apart. What we do is we, you know, we get the cables out and we throw them under the ship and we cinch them down and we throw a few things overboard that need to be thrown overboard and we, and we keep sailing. That's what we do um, in church planting and in all life in the church. There is a constant storm that comes. And the storm comes after this opportunity that they had to take this wonderfully gentle breeze that would ease them into the port of Rome. That was sort of the idea of leaving at this time of year. Paul is not afraid to say, I told you so. We might not say that from time to time out of politeness to those we care about. I have not appreciated people who have said that to me over the years. I told you so. Because usually they kind of know that you told them so. You don't always have to remind people of that, but Paul does. He reminds people that he did tell them not to take this voyage. But the angel of God, and he says, it's not just, he doesn't say the angel of God. He says, the angel of the God that I worship and whom I belong. Paul is talking to these sailors who are not Jewish, they're not Christians, they're not in any way close to what he is. But he still adds this opportunity to tell them who he belongs to. The God who I worship and to whom I belong. I kind of like that description of our faith. That ultimately it comes down to that. That we belong to God. And nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Not fire or tempest or storm or persecution or height, or depth, nor angels, nor principalities, or anything else in heaven or on earth. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And it is not just individually, it is all of us. The question of, am I saved, is answered by, um, are we saved? That question is the bigger question. Are we saved? Is God really in the life of the church or not. And if this is where God is, where we belong, then 
This is where we will be. The God who we worship and to whom I belong. This is what gets Paul through the storm of church planting. This is what gets Paul through the storm that he is in, both physically and spiritually in this moment. So keep up your courage, he says. Have faith in God. And it will be exactly as I, as I have told you. And that last line, of course, is, but we will have to run aground on some island. I love that. You know, have courage. Have faith in God. Everything's going to work out. And we're going to have to run aground on an island. If that isn't a metaphor for the church, and especially a church plant, I don't know what is. Um, have courage. Have faith in God. Everything's going to work out. And we're going to have to run aground on the, this nearest island. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. But um, I feel like that kind of sums up the last four years. You have had faith in God. You have had trust in God. And you've had trust in each other. You have believed that the promises of God will happen in your lifetime or in those who follow us. And you have had to run aground on some islands. Um, You have had to change your plans. You have had to change the vision of your lives. We have had to adjust to circumstances. We have had to, to say, God, I guess you're in this as much as you're in anything. And I know we can get through this. That you have had to do that. And I've gotten to witness that. And that has been a beautiful thing to see. Um, and this is the story of how the church is born. Here in the book of Acts, even this shipwreck, this running aground, these panic three days of tempest on the sea, this is how the church comes to be in the world, through experiences like this. So as Leslie preached to us many months and months ago, um, a sermon about this impending shipwreck, um, it it inspired me then to say, we can do it. We can go the distance. Um, We have faith in God, faith in each other, and faith in the promises of God, and we're going to have to be ready to hit the shore from time to time. Um, So God bless you in your journey of faith, and I thank you for the blessings you've given me, and um, we will see how the book of Acts ends, because it ends with the Holy Spirit going into the whole world. And that will be the end of this church, The end of this church will be when the Holy Spirit goes into all the world. And it'll be not the end of this particular church, but it'll be the end of the story, this part of the story, because the story does not end in the book of Acts. When the book of Acts ends, the church is going everywhere, even to Caesar. And so the end of this church... um, will be when we are, na- we are then uh, planting other churches. And we will not be the center of, of our focus, but it will be the new places God is leading us. Um, to me, that is really the hope of the book of Acts. Uh, 
that it ends with these this tumultuous sea journey where they have to run aground. All these things happen. It seems like the church is very unsuccessful. But it is this unsuccessful moment of the church in which the gospel is going all the way to Caesar and to the whole Roman Empire. And so seasons of shipwreck and running aground are the way God brings about the message of the good news, because the message of good news is the story of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a story of weakness. It is a story of failure. It is a story of rejection and betrayal. It is a story of suffering. And that is the story where we see the love of God most plainly. And it is true for our lives too. It is in those times where you were desperate, where you were shaky, where you were uncertain, where you were not sure about what was going to happen, where you were suffering, when you wondered if you could take it anymore. It is those moments that when we share those moments of how God was faithful to us in those times, that is when the good news of the gospel is really going out into the world in a way that success will never bring that to be. And that is true of Paul, and it's true of us. Amen.